You're listening to the Kitchen Obsessed Podcast. Every week, we discuss the challenges facing modern restaurant kitchens and the technologies to help solve them. Now, here's your host, Sean Shankle. Hey, everyone. This is the Kitchen Obsessed Podcast. I am Sean Shankle. This is the first podcast of its kind that focuses on the evolving challenges facing restaurant kitchens in 2022 and beyond, and specifically how emerging technologies and changing operational approaches can help solve these problems. As always, our goal is to make this podcast useful to operators. And to that end, please let us know what subjects you'd like us to discuss by emailing us at podcast at freshtechnology.com. As long as it has to do with operational and tech problems and solutions in and around the kitchen, we'll look at hosting an industry expert to discuss, or maybe you. All right, so let's kick it off. Today, we are talking to Derek Rosenbaum, president of Groucho's Deli. Groucho's is a fast casual chain based in Columbia, South Carolina, and has 30 locations throughout the Southeast. Derek is a forward-thinking, technologically adept operator, and today we're going to be discussing a great topic, tech fatigue and kitchen operations. Derek, it is great to have you. Thanks for having me, Sean. I'm excited to be here. It's a subject that uh, I like to talk about, so let's do it. Let's do it. That's awesome. Um, All right. Well, first, describe a little bit about Groucho's service style. So we are, you know, you said we were a fast casual. We're kind of a hybrid between fast casual and QSR. And by that, I mean, you know, we have table service, but we have central payment after service, albeit that post-COVID our dine-in numbers are averaging around 42% of total revenue. So obviously we've had the shift that everyone else has as well. In a nutshell, that's us. Yeah. And then how do, talk a little bit about how your kitchens and your, your front of house sort of behind the counter, behind the kitchens in front of house, behind the counter interact. Uh, primarily through printers and KDS. That would be the one. I mean, our KDS is exclusively catered to our curbside operations, which, you know, we obviously evolved, highly evolved during COVID. Thanks to you, my friend. From a, from a prep standpoint, you do prepping, you do cooking and prepping in the back, but then you also do some assembly in the front, right? As far as assembly in the front, it would be, you know, final takeout, double check of prepared menu items, making sure the bags are prepared properly, sealed properly, double checking all of our third-party orders, making sure that all the drinks are there and, you know, any sort of incremental sale items, cookies, brownies, things of that nature. That would be, you know, final assembly that is happening in between the houses, so to speak. All right. So let's dive into challenges. What challenges have your kitchens faced in the last two years? I mean, starting obviously with everyone's major issue is supply chain. So, I mean, and that that can present itself in many ways. I mean, different pack sizes, the way the product comes in a different box because you're having to substitute or you're just purely out of stock because there isn't a, a comparable product on the market. But more so from a tech perspective, with COVID, we had to bring in all these additional uh, revenue channels, so to yeah. speak, and primarily third parties. So, you know, you your Ubers, your Chali, your Grubhubs, and those guys. And then we brought in Chali as a middleware to integrate all of that to make that process seamless and remove all the human element from the equation. And as one of my operators told me yesterday, Chali is the best employee I have. That's good. And- it's a good commercial for <laughs> Chali. Uh, I mean, this gets, so it sounds like that has been a good partnership. It has been a great partnership, you know, but with all of that, the, the challenges of like, so within each platform, so with our native ordering system, we have our own load balancing and our own rules. With DoorDash, we have load balancing and rules and it gets so on and so forth, but there is no central tool that oversees all of that. So yeah. 
if you have an onslaught of various third-party orders and our native delivery and a full house and dine-in, it could really jam up the kitchen. And to date, I'm not aware of a throttling tool that can manage all of that. Yep. I tell you, this is such a common conversation, sort of the capacity management of it, the universal capacity management. How have you been adapting to those throttling challenges without those tools? Well, with our native solution, we can throttle on the fly. So that helps in a super busy lunch rush. Um, We we try not to use that tool as much as we can. I mean, some of our stores have put up basically during peak hours, dedicated curbside facilitators to help manage all that process and keep that side of the kitchen working. And I mean, you know, digital is almost 40% of our revenue these days. So, I mean, we have to do what we have to do. That would be the the biggest way we're managing that process is, I mean, we're having to bring in bodies to fill the gap that the technology that doesn't exist. What do you think about some people who will turn off the the third parties during peak times? Do you guys do that? I highly discourage it. We monitor our franchises for that. Um, you know, we look at the reports. I, I think it's a bad customer experience. And you know me well enough to know that the customer experiences is the very first consideration I make when we do decisions here. Yeah, we share that belief. There are folks out there who will shut off third party at peak times, but hate the impact from the customer experience and the revenue experience. This is where technology needs to step in. So speaking on the technology front, uh, we were talking earlier and you had mentioned your recent experience at FS Tech. Yes. Um, could you recount what you had mentioned to me? So I, I went to FS Tech for several reasons. One, you know, to actually meet in person with people that I've been on Zoom calls with for the last three years. And from a business perspective, it was to you know verify my current trajectory with our tech stack, see where I can consolidate our tech stack, and then see, am, am I missing something? So after spending the day at seminars and then walking through the giant showroom floor and just soaking it all in, not, I mean, I had an agenda, but not a specific agenda. The first day, I just wanted to soak it all in and having some various conversations with different vendors. You know, my my biggest takeaway was that there is a tremendous amount of overlap in our industry and it's very fractured and very fragmented. I mean, I think at least 40% of that room could get consumed into the other 60% of that room. That's, literally over, literally that's overnight. A, that's a that's a big thing. A lot of companies yeah. out there investing a lot of money and a lot of tech. Yes, it was funny on a previous episode. Pete Doherty and I were talking about how tech is in the tech evolution is far outpacing maybe even the operators demand for it. And what you're talking about is there's a large amount of it, right? There's a lot of proliferation, a lot of duplication, but then also are tech providers slinging out more tech than even operators need or want, or would you say more than you need or want? I would say when you, you know, an FS tech, again, confirm this for me, you know, when you, when you're talking about a tech stack, when you're looking at a product, is it a feature or a function or is it a platform? Cause there's a difference. And I think features and functions could easily get digested into platforms and then platforms can consolidate themselves. I don't know if it's true for me. I would say, you know, within my segment of the industry, I think maybe for the industry as a whole, I think sometimes people are creating products for problems that may not exist or, Mm -hmm. and you and I have definitely had this conversation, you know, creating tech for the sake of tech is not always the answer. Sometimes you just need to roll up your sleeves and get some shit done the (laughs) old fashioned way. That's good. (laughs) So I, 
I think it's a mixed bag. But again, I think it's so fragmented and there was so much money coming at people for so long and that is now stopped that the proof's going to show itself real soon as to what's vaporware, what's viable solutions, what are, what are viable features and functions that people want to use. And I mean, the market's going to self-correct. So one of the other things you and I were talking about was, you know, exhaustion, right? Tech exhaustion, yes. tech fatigue. Uh, well, let me just get straight to it. Why are you exhausted with the new tech or are you exhausted with all the new tech? You know, I, I wish I had a few less dashboards to log into, let's be honest. But I, I think I per se am not exhausted. But what I'm noticing is, you know, my frontline managers are very exhausted. And sure. this kind of goes back into your last question. I, you know, I think there seems to be some sort of unregulated ideology in our industry that all platforms need technology. Hmm. And that's not true. Again, and our managers are exhausted because at the end of the day, they're not managing people. They're not managing customers. They're not managing the experience. They're managing notifications, emails, text messages, dashboards, this uh, notification, this, this, this KPI, this, 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 it really boils down to the experience. The technology is there to facilitate the experience. And That's you're how talking about two things, right? You're talking about the cause of the fatigue, right? Which is right. dashboards and SMSs, and then also yes. the impact of the fatigue. Um, which is customer experience, right? I mean, you got to think about, I mean, all these digital orders, every digital order has an email or a notification. Yeah, you can build in filters and put those there. But, you know, if you got to go look for it real quick, because for whatever reason, the internet blipped or this integration failed for 30 seconds, you know, fill in the blank. You know how this game works. You know, it's it's exhaustive. I mean, it really yeah. is. So... Let me expand on this a little bit. And that is, is it important for the frontline managers to move past the fatigue? Do they need to have all of this tech or is it just part of doing business today and we have to learn and adapt? Or is this just a matter of too much coming at the industry from the technology providers? Uh, I think it's a combination of everything you just mentioned. Um, yeah. I think with COVID, lots of people in our industry scrambled to find solutions immediately to, you know, at least maintain baseline revenues to keep themselves afloat till we could all figure out what COVID was, what it was doing, and make our way to the other side and see how this was all going to play out. And so it was kind of a free-for-all. You know, right before COVID, I'm, you and I were at uh, Fast Casual, I think, in Austin together, and like the, the, the topic du jour there was the frictionless experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that went the way of the dodo when COVID hit was like, whatever we got to do to make some sales. So whether yeah. that's, you know, channel integrations, bringing in all these third parties, turning on curbside and figuring out their operational components of that. So I think now we need to stop, take pause. And instead of focusing and part of that was focusing on just the customer user experience and the friction yeah. on that side, we need to stop and make the operations friction an equal seat at the table. Yep. Because that's, I mean, this is what we see with kitchens, right? It's like throwing all this stuff at them. Not only do we throw new demand gen, but every new product has a new dashboard, has a new SMS, and there is a learning curve. And then you've got manager turnover. And so all of that is what's killing, not not just the orders, right? It's also killing the kitchen, the, the, so the tech. It's killing morale. <laughs> it can kill morale. So what do you do about that? You know, I... I don't think there's a silver bullet to that at all. And it's obviously dependent on how your operation runs. I mean, you bring in middleware, you bring in tools like Chally that aggregate all of those orders and jump them into your POS system. So you're taking out that person, keying that in so that person can go focus on something else. And I think we need more sophisticated, thoughtful softwares 
I mean, I think the ultimate solution is more robust and open APIs between all parties. Mm. I mean, I think that's the yeah. I think that's the true answer. Well, let's talk about this since we're kind of we're wanting to focus on the exhaustion around rolling out new tech and especially how it impacts operations, which is an under discussed area in our business. You've done it many times. You've rolled out a lot of a lot of tech at different times. You're sort of always trying to think what is the next thing I need to do to A, make a better customer experience, B, serve better food, C, drive profitability. Somebody, you've done it before. What advice do you have about how to make it successful or how to keep it from getting out of control? Take your time. Absolutely. Mm. Take your time. Trust your gut. Do your due diligence. Be methodical. Build sandboxes. Test, <laughs> test, 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 test. Yeah. If you're talking to a vendor and they won't, and they're showing you this fancy Ferrari that does all these things, but they won't let you take it for a test drive. Walk away. That's good. No Ferraris <laughs> without test drives. There's no one solution that can be everything for everyone. I mean, we, we're going to have to have an open system because your company, for example, to go technologies specializes in online ordering. So you have all the tools and the feature sets that we need. Hot schedules. That's what they do. They make they, it's a scheduling tool. CDP is its own tool. No POS system can do that. So I think you really need to prioritize what's important and then also to invite your best operators and or and or franchisees once you have like your first working version of whatever this product is and, and help them let them help you fine tune it. Yeah, that's you know, that that's good. If you don't if you don't get buying and adoption from the front lines, you know, it, yeah, it's I'm not gonna say it's all for naught because they're gonna make the change, but the change resistance will be much less. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Get... <laughs> if you can get the buy-in. Yeah. So uh, vendors that will really let you take it for test drives, go slow, be methodical, pick the best thing first, right? Make your priority list. We'll get back to that in a minute. Then after you get a sandbox up and running, invite your your power users in, whether they be operators or franchisees, managers to get buy-in. Before we talk about the priority list, do you have a story? Maybe a story of when adopting tech went well, or really maybe more interesting adopting when adopting tech did not go well? You know, we tried to vet and do all these things and make it. I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect rollout. But I'm the crazy guy that changed POS systems in 30 stores overnight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to tell this story, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> However, I mean, there was tons of work that went into this. And uh, I mean, we vetted this thing six ways from Sunday to like literally having franchisees save tickets, like the most complex tickets they possibly could, and then ringing them in to make sure we built all the modifiers for these things. Sitting down and literally keying in tickets to make sure that the kitchen item only printed on one line with the right mm -hmm. abbreviations yeah. that could still be understood. You know, small things like this, but they they over time they add up to efficiencies and standardizations. You know, I mean, we built massive SOPs. We did video tutorials. We did trainings. We did online trainings. We sent the equipment in early so they could train their staff and faculty. You know, we sent out detailed diagrams of networks and 4G failovers and, you know, hire your weakness if this isn't your strong point. Needless to say, the night we went to make the switch at nine o'clock, a couple operators were like, oh, I'll just open up this SOP, pull this equipment out and stick it right in and we'll be good to go in the morning. Well, that did not play out that way. <laughs> As you can 
only imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit show is the it, words that come to mind. <laughs> yeah, it was an utter shit show. And then, you know, we worked through all, I mean, we were prepared. We had a war room set up. We knew that it was not going to be perfect. And, you know, and then we had some some integration issues with your product, which took a couple of weeks to work through. So that obviously caused, you know, some friction in the kitchen because it was supposed to be printing here, but now it's printing over here in this cloud mm-hmm. printer. Oh, so, yeah. You know, it's never perfect, but, you know, when it comes to that kind of change, I think you just have to rip off the Band-Aid because all this customer experience that was involved and we communicated thoroughly with them as well, but, you know, we wanted to minimize the impact to our customers. And that's why we ultimately chose to do it overnight. And we planned and we planned and we planned. I think it went as well as it probably could have. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> barring, the, yeah. barring the things that I couldn't control. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so let me ask you, cause you did, you spent on this scenario when you made this POS change a couple of years ago, you'd spent a lot of time preparing and planning um, you know, you were talking a little bit earlier about taking it slow. Would you do an overnight full chain rollout again, or do you? Would you do it in stages? I think I would do it overnight again. Ha! Huh, okay. I, I really Put the do because off. I mean, uh, I, we did all the work ahead of time. It's just you yeah. know that final bit of frontline execution is where we had our biggest. You know, I think I would vet my integrations a little better. Yeah, that was that was my biggest learning from that process is, you know, don't assume that all the integrations are going to work. Yeah, that's good. So vet that and set up a war room. (laughs) Um, Yeah, those are good. And I remember that story. And that can be exhausting. I think it was exhausting for your operators. It was exhausting for you all. Drawing that back to tech fatigue. How do you get past it? I mean, I'm going to go back to the same thing I said before. I, I, I think this concept of what POS actually is needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people like to argue it's dead. That's ludicrous. I mean, it, it is definitely evolving and it has its basic functions that we will always need. But, you know, I think open and robust bi-directional APIs that are scalable is is the way of the future for our industry and that companies need to work together in the best interest of their customers so we can work in the best interest of our customers. That's good. So getting past overcoming the the hurdle of tech fatigue, I, what I'm hearing you say is in a couple of ways. Number one, set expectations with your staff, corporate staff, also employees that there's a lot of change happening. We're in this for the long haul. We'll take our time. We'll do a lot of vetting. We'll vet integrations beforehand. We'll do this to the best of our abilities. Set the expectation. But also then asking the technology providers work better together, open the APIs to help us get over tech fatigue. If they can do that and make my systems run more efficiently, if I can go to one place and push my menu out everywhere. Yeah. I mean, on every platform, Yeah, not, not 90% of the platforms, but every platform, I mean, it makes complete and total sense. And, you know, the closed loop model just, it doesn't work. It's it's not productive. I mean, it's only productive for shareholders. And mm. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like it or leave it. Yeah. To me, that's like the core of this problem is the technology is causing all these problems, but the core is because they're not communicating properly. Is yeah. what I is I ultimately see. And if we can make that happen, and we can consolidate all this fragmentation, you know, how many loyalty providers do we need as an industry? I don't know. 
I don't think we need as many as that are out there. Fill in the blank. It doesn't have to be loyalty. It could be anything, you know. And maybe those those providers can work better with both existing and up and coming tech. Not that is duplicative, but that is solving different versions of the problem. So it sounds like part of the fatigue is coming from not just tech companies solving problems in and around operations, but how those companies do or do not work together. That's the friction between the companies working together and then working with the operators is what's creating a lot of the problem. I think the friction in between different technology companies and the unwillingness to to work together or for whatever reasons or partially work together or, you know, this is a very common number. Point the, um, yeah, point, pointing the yeah, fingers point, at each other. Yeah, each that's other. what you're doing. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> their development team. No, it's their development team. Yeah, this um, is exhausting. You know, Yes, it's, it's unbelievably exhausting. But if I think that is the ultimate source of the frontline friction. That's That makes sense. All right. So as we look to wrap up, you know, we talked about prioritization of what you would need to sort of how you need to think about it. So let me ask this question. Is it more important to implement the new technology or not because of the fatigue? I mean, what's your starting point? <laughs> Let's say for you, but that's a great, it's a good point, right? If you're starting from zero, for sure. If, if you're coming from legacy, then yeah, you need to do some things. Um, and define what you mean by legacy. Uh, old school, non-cloud POS with minimal integrations, or you got to wait 24 hours for your data to upload to some site before you can pull it in to you know analyze it, or they're certainly not going to have live CDP integrations, things of this nature. So in uh, CDP, um, customer data platforms. Correct. Yeah. One of the things um, my, um, after our last episode, my producer was saying was, um, this is, uh, this is new to me. So is, uh, is define Define these things that we talk about that we uh, use in shorthand all the time. Yeah, we do. I mean, I was on a call the other day. And I'm like, you know, I, I've been around a long time. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, me. yeah. So legacy is um, old tech, not cloud, not open API, not integrations. Yeah. A lot of data, sluggish data. Yeah. All right. So if that's your starting point, it is more important to implement the new technology, even if you are feeling fatigued by everything out there. Right, or because you, you can't compete if you don't. I mean, we go. In today, I, you cannot compete in today's marketplace, especially with what's happening with the economy. That's it. So that's, I mean, that that right there is a reason to endure the fatigue, but to implement new technology. And, and you know, the same thing that's happening to the economy with the consumers in our restaurants is also going to happen within your industry because consolidation is going to happen because the VC funds have dried up and, yep. you know, the vaporware is going to go away and we're going to get back to, I'm, I'm hoping, a good starting place again. Yeah, that's good. All right. I, so I think conversations like this can help get us there, man. Really. Let's, I mean, let's that's be our hope, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's it. We got to talk about this, especially in late of operation in kitchens, you know, they're just, they're pummeled by this stuff. Um, and I think you're right. I think the VC funds drying up, I think, um, and, and there's money there. It's just the, the, the financial industry has become very, yeah, very selective and has grown tired of a lot of the tech. I don't know if we should say the word shenanigans or just what has been going on on the tech scene in restaurants or in food tech. Um, okay. So if I'm an operator with very little tech right now, what would you say I need first and what could wait until later? 
you know, if I had to prioritize it for my segment of the industry, I mean, every segment's a little different, but I, I think generally we follow the same lines, a solid, open and agnostic cloud-based point of sale solution with a legitimate firewall and 4G failover. Mm-hmm. I would put online ordering and application ordering second because it's a, it's a direct revenue channel. You know, you want to own the customer journey as much as possible. And a CDP tool, you know, I, I can understand when you came, every time you've opened an email, if you engage in an email, What's your favorite food? What's your frequency? Do you come at day? Do you come in the afternoon day part? Do you come at night? What days of the week do you come? Do you come on only on the weekends? The only, I mean, all of these things, which helps me do better marketing. It helps me better operationally. If you order on a third party, I don't get any of that information. I, I get your order. That's what yeah. I get. Yeah, that, so, that makes sense. So owning the customer journey, it's so if I'm starting out, I'm, CDP is going to be too much to implement. But if I'm starting out, first party online ordering, what, you know, white label, your website, your applications right. yes. start there um, and then it's supplement with third party. Okay, Absolutely. keep going third. And then in, in the middleware, unless they have direct integrations. Thirdly, uh, reputation management and listing management and menu management would fall kind of into that too from, from an online pushing it out perspective. Mm. I mean, we live, we live in a digital world. Digital relevance is everything. Google is king. They own the review space. You have to actively engage in that stuff. You cannot ignore it. That's good. So one, cloud-based open API POS system. Two, first party. Agnostic or too. Agnostic, yes. When you say agnostic, do you mean by like payments or what do you mean by that? Yeah, agnostic, especially to payments, but I mean, really to anything. You know, lots of POSs have loyalty engines or gift engines, but they're not, they might not be the right solution for your brand. So that's interesting too. So you are a solid, a very solid, what we would say, middle market brand, right? 30 locations, you have been, you do, you know, you're EBITDA positive, you're an established brand, you continually evolve. And so, so what I'm hearing you say then is an agnostic point of sale system that allows for best of breed products, or maybe not best of breed, but best of fit, we'll call it. I'm going to, we're going to coin a new phrase, best of fit product, meaning like a loyalty product that that fits best with your operations. That's That's what you're driving towards with with agnostic. Is that right? Yeah. And then payments, you know? Yeah. And they're, payments they're, as well. So all of this stuff working together then would be, this is how we alleviate or relieve tech fatigue is by these companies working together and providing these tools and options. Correct. And, and seamlessly integrating and consolidating where we can and getting rid of all the overlap. Yeah. That's there's, good. there's lots of overlap. And then third relationship management. Yeah, reputation so this is, and listing management. Yeah, reputation and listing management. So a lot of a lot of digital, a lot of off-premise that it, it this is sort of the new the new way that restaurant operations and customers interact. A couple of key takeaways. So tech fatigue, you gotta have new tech to compete in the world. You gotta push past it. How do you overcome it? You go slow, you be methodical. And then if I am starting from scratch, what do I do? I start with a cloud-based agnostic point of sale system. Then I add on first party or white label ordering channels, followed by reputation management, listing management, basically ways to manage the uh, your reputation out in the world. So there you have it. This has been a great conversation with Derek Rosenbaum, president of Groucho's Deli. Thank you so much for being with us on the Kitchen Obsessed podcast. 
Always my pleasure, my friend, Sean Shankle. Always my pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Well, as always, please email us your questions or your follow-up. If you've got something you'd like to hear, like us to discuss at podcast at freshtechnology.com. Thank you again. And here is to a more successful operations. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Kitchen Obsessed podcast. If you work in a restaurant and are interested in appearing on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at freshtechnology.com and tell us your story. We'll be back next week with more tips from the kitchen. 